0: Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to MomBrain. I'm Ilaria.
0: And I'm Daphne. And today our guest is author, now TV star, TV writer, producer, all different kinds of multi-hyphenates, Jill Kargman. Um, a lot of you will have seen her hit show, Odd Mom Out. And, um, you know, if you if you haven't, or if you're already a fan, if you've ever felt like the conversations around motherhood could sometimes be very earnest or very like, you know, painting everything roses, or you're just curious what sort of the most hilarious, ridiculous <laughs> version of New York motherhood might look like, it's pretty
1: hilarious <laughs> we'll talk after we'll talk. there's just a lot that <laughs> happens a lot. here listen, we're gonna listen, let you listen very closely and maybe don't listen to this when your children are around oh, actually yeah, definitely
0: no children in the room
1: Mom! what's are professional Um, We have to ask you uh, to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jill Kargman. I'm a writer. All right. So tell us. Well, I'd like to start by saying I love
2: your studio, your office, um, your blaring hollow notes in the shower which I don't know if you're aware of, but it just made me happy on the can. And I'd like to thank you for that. What
0: did we advise you in? I think there's a meditation room. We wanted yeah, to I saw that. advertise for nursing. Only 30 minutes, though. For, oh, yeah. They cap it
2: like your stress cannot. <laughs> Twenty nine minutes. Get out. Why is it <laughs> so pleasurable
0: to read? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to answer my own question. I was going to ask, why is it so pleasurable to read something while you're in the bathroom? Because you're a captive audience.
2: It's like I read a barf bag. I read whatever the fuck <laughs> is in the seat pocket. It's, literally front of me. it's crazy. Well, it's also, do.
0: you know, only when I'm out can I actually do that. Because if I tried to read anything in my home bathroom, it would just be game over. Oh, it's like, um, forget
2: it. No. But it helps you. I think it just like calms you down to read the signage. But I... Was in the Delta magazine once, and more people commented on that than when I was involved. Oh, that's fascinating because actually. you're trapped. Mm-hmm. That's wild to yeah. me. There are some ad agencies I think that because I sometimes in like a crap or downtown in a restaurant or a bar, <laughs> there'll be like these flyers, you know, for for stuff. I, like there's a condom company.
1: I'm so glad she's our number th- our number three of the day because Wait. we can get like a little like a little you know mooby. you we we are gonna take be, your hair out. We're gonna be wide oh, awake. This, this,
0: this down we've had some really deep like, metaphysical you know re- reject tonight. the News. reject the patriarchy conversations oh, okay. so far, well, that's okay. good and i guess this and, is, now, so and now it was we,
1: great <laughs> no, now we're going to okay no. so this we are we are 3 Maybe not originally, at least for me, and not for you either. But we're three New Yorkers. Yes, I could never live anywhere
0: else. I was born and raised in New Jersey. I I'm know, born in Jersey, Philadelphia. so far You're away. still away.
1: in New Jersey. So far away. <laughs> okay, so we all have, and then I, I can imagine, like, anybody who's listening who's, like, not a New Yorker, you can, like, imagine, like, the stereotypical New York mom. Yeah. Upper East, so, East Side New York mom. Well, yes,
0: we need to talk about the, uh, the stereotypical New York East Side mom, but we also need to talk about the fact that I watched your show before I had children in school, and it
2: and you didn't go get your me. It was like, I hear that a lot.
0: People go like from the TV to the vasectomy <laughs> clinic. <laughs> so talk about that because yeah. I think I think the New York mom is a a very unique breed of of creature. I personally think that the natives
2: like me are not. Like that, I think that all of those really type A people, where they had that sort of upward mobility in the business card with the fancier title and the bigger office, if they quit their jobs abruptly, all of that, you know, it's like the Newtonian law of energy. All of that drive and ambition doesn't just evaporate; it gets channeled into the fetus. Yes.
0: So, talk to us about on Mom Out. How did it come together? T- tell everybody what it is and why you want it. Why you felt this was your your opus to create. Um,
2: it was my opus because I was at home with my kids for eleven. Years and I was writing trashy novels, and which were mostly like women and gay men reading them. And then, wait, that's awesome. Andy Cohen and I talked about sex scene trashy novels, or like what? There were some. There were some like you know. at the Met and all kinds of stuff, but um, it was more just like chick lit. It grew out of that chick lit because the chicks got married and then it was part of that mom sex in the city style. Well, more like no sex in the city. Once you have (laughs) once you have children in the city. Um, (laughs) style. Yeah, well, it was it was just like a strange phase in my life. I had three and four years and I was really tired and I didn't have like any help because I was also 28 and I felt like And my husband's my exact age. And we were in a fourth floor walk up. And I just felt like I was drowning in my life at that point. And I was really happy. Like, I love, I love my, I have a great husband, but we were just, it was like, not that we weren't in a good place. It was just the strain of three kids under four, I think. Um, And I started just crying for no reason. Like, even if I wasn't on the rack, like I, some days, well, there was one day I just burst into tears at Ballet Academy East because these moms were like, all best friends. It was kind of that mom click that took Lamas together and I told my daughter to sit down Indian style and they were like, we don't say that. It's crisscross applesauce. That's not politically correct and I felt so bad. I just started bawling alone in the bathroom in my like urban outfitters and they're all decked in Valentino. So I I told my husband these stories every night and he's like, this is really funny. Like you have to, it's crisscross fucking applesauce. Like give me a break, write this, write this down. So that turned into a novel momzilla's about this Ah. world, which NBC optioned. And then um, I met with Andy Cohen about, he wanted to talk to me about doing a reality show. And I was like, that's never happening. Like you could not pay me to put a camera up my sphincter. Like no way. Um, But I said to him, you know, NBC, which owns Bravo owns my book and I'm going to drop it off for you, but I really want to adapt it. And it was in turnaround. So he introduced me to Lara Spots, who was their executive, and I really developed it with Bravo. I mean, a lot of people say, why why Bravo? That didn't seem like a fit because it's a scripted comedy. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's not just about parenting because a lot of non-parents like you watched it. It's about keeping up. It's about sort of that world of competitive parenting or competitive anything, um, so anyway it was really fun we had a great three seasons it took four years to make the three seasons but you're um, not an actress by training but or actually are actually I was well I was in college I was oh, really? always in a play okay. and then but I thought I'm never gonna go be an actress cause you have to like blow fat casting directors and I'm not gonna like not bone Harvey more. once yeah now not you don't anymore back in my day <laughs> that when, was I had like a tennis ball with Walker <laughs> like Walker with tennis balls Um, back in my day I nobody looked like me on TV I just thought you had to be like blonde like you guys tits on sticks
1: oh but I'm I'm recently blonde. Oh, I'm it looks only really pretty. Thing, so it's like two weeks old. I'm, oh, you know, it looks I'm normally, good. Like my hair is like almost your color. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so cool. I'm trying so to hide my tits. gray. This is just pregnancy related. I love it. Yeah, the boobs are the so boobs so are breastfeeding. It's so, all. You know what? See, see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like
2: those those are the pregnancy and the quote unquote fourth trimester. Mm. Are you just have to surrender to the flow mm. and not give a shit? Mm. You can pull yourself together in your forties. No, I'm kidding. You guys
0: look gorgeous <laughs> and fetal. <laughs> I'll take a fetal, I'll take a fetal, <laughs> fetal analogy. Um, so wait, okay, so so you're, you you write this book, you have it optioned, you create it into a series, they tell you they want you to star in it, you have not acted since college. How do you throw yourself into it and not be absolutely well, terrified? It's like Larry David, like it's a version of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were yeah. sort of saying we want it to be like this Upper East Side Curb,
2: which was great and a great like thing to strive for. So for me, it didn't feel like a reach. I wasn't playing like, a decapitated queen from 400 years ago. It, was, it wasn't It was like a stretch to play a version of myself. It's sort of, though, me at 28. It's not really me. That's the difference is that a lot of people I spoke to when we were doing press tours were like, so it's you, right? I mean, it's, you know, three kids and two girls and a boy. And I was like, it was me it, when I didn't have the balls to, like, tell people to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt so vulnerable when people would judge choices or parenting comments or anything where I felt like there was some kind of mom-on-mom mom judgment. I, I didn't know how to
1: handle it, whereas now I... And how do you handle it, please, to teach me?
2: Well, uh, now, if, like, by the time I had my third, so I didn't nurse, and someone, a mom literally grabbed my boob, like Molly Ringwald's, you know, Sweet 16, whatever, 16 Candles. She grabbed my boob and was like, how's the nursing? And I said, oh, I, I'm actually a bottle feeder. And she goes, shame on you.
0: Wait, I'm like sorry, you know what? you've heard
2: of mom shaming. She literally said, <laughs> the word shame, "Shame on, on you. you!" I was on Lexington and 66. I'll never forget it. By the armory, and I was shaking. But a woman so, you knew? A woman? Yeah. She grabbed your boob. She grabbed my boob and said, "How's the nursing?" That is and I said, "Oh, I, I'm a bottle feeder." And she goes, "Shame on you! Shame on you!" And I said, "Excuse me," and she goes, "Well, it's." It's much better for the baby. There's studies. She went like full tilt la leche on me about their IQs, and I said, "Well, my mother bottle fed me, and IQs don't come higher than mine." Mm. But 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 with the first one, you know, the nurses at New York Hospital were really putting pressure on me, and I was like, "I didn't." Not that it was any of their business, but I was like, "I have a thyroid disease. I have to take." you know, all this Synthroid, I, I don't want to put that in my baby. So mind your own fucking
0: business. But I didn't say that to people until my third. Hmm. Why? What gave you the balls to say it after your third? I think, I mean, look, I think we all had things that we were anal about or scared about with our first that we got over, right? Like the, all the things that made me neurotic and crazy with yeah, my first time just I'm totally moved on. But I still think there are things that feel like I just, I, it's, it's not necessarily that I tell people to go f*** themselves with maybe those, maybe I should start that. I just don't invite the commentary. I like don't talk about the thing. You become
1: un- unapologetic yeah. about, you know you know yourself, you become grounded in what you feel is right. You're the mama, you are the CEO and this is what I'm doing and it's none of your business. Yeah,
2: I think one thing about, that's great about being 44 is I just have like thick crocodile skin. Like nothing bothers me. I mean, people tweet that I'm like an ugly Jew or Marilyn Manson. I don't care. I don't care. I honestly am like your profile's an egg. You have seven followers. Like I don't care. I (laughs) I do not care. Not really on Twitter either, by the way. But it wouldn't. I feel like it wouldn't bother you because you seem really strong. Like I don't care. But when I was twenty-eight, you know, I wasn't on TV. I didn't have as thick a skin. You feel like even if you cultivate this badass persona as a writer, the second that you shit out a kid, like you are only as strong as your kid. Like you are. People can say all these things to me, and if someone's horrible to my kid or some little brat in school says something, I'm like, I want to decapitate that
1: 12-year-old. So
0: your kids are how old? What are, what are their ages? Um, almost 16, 13, and 11. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... But
1: I think, I think what she's talking about is really, is really important of like, how do you, and this goes on to like online shaming and stuff like that, how do you get comfortable in your own skin? And, and you said to me, I think that you, you'd be fine with it. I wasn't always... I had and I don't. I'd love to hear no, about how you feel. A your trial thing by is, fire. It was awful. but it was you know. I mean, I was a yoga teacher, and then all of a sudden, I married this person who I found out later. I knew he was famous, but I didn't realize how famous. So it was like super, super famous, and then also had like a very like wild um, relationship with the press and paparazzi and all of this kind of stuff. I when I met Alec, I was like, I'm not going to read anything about him because I want to know him from what he wants to yeah, tell me. That's smart. I was very. Traumatized by it as it was coming, and I don't know. Maybe I had I had some like a little bit of background and be like, oh, okay, this is what to expect. I mean, I was literally learning as I was going, and I, you know, I mean, the first in the first year, I had like, you know, we had fights. There were police. There were paparazzi. There was a stalker. There was like it was just like a full thing. And I used to care so much what other people thought, so much. But then it's by fire. Now you can throw anything. And then exactly. Then, like you've been embarrassed so many times, my butt was shown a couple times. It's like, like wind blew up it, like all this, like every th- the single butts thing. To be you know what? My <laughs> so butt, terrible. pre... my first one was pre marriage, and if my butt you, was looking really purpose. good. No, my second one, I was like almost full term <laughs> pregnant with my do. daughter in front, and Alec picked me up, and I was I had a gigantic pregnant butt, and in a thong, and I'm going like this. At the same time, because I'm freaking out that he picks me up in a T-length dress in front of 200 photographers. It was horrible. That was sounds r- cute. No, it was not cute. And then they put it <laughs> on the front page of the paper and thank God I was in France. <laughs> <laughs> Always look at the silver lining. That's a good silver but lining. But I have to say that what you get to point is when are you fed up with it? Emotionally, when are you fed up with it where you just become unapologetic? And for me at this point, I'm like, what else are you going to do to me? Yeah. Really? Do you think that you can humiliate me more than that? Because... I'm, I'm actually super comfortable now. I'm super comfortable and confident because I have experienced so much. You saw me cry. You saw my butt. Like you've seen everything. And now we're at the point where you know what to, to expect. And so I don't have to be scared anymore of you. I think my answer to that is when you're out of
2: the woods when your youngest is five when they're all in school and you come home and you have this great family dinner and you're hanging out and your home is actually truly a sanctuary mm. instead of a place where like there's I had like two in diapers and it was chaotic and I liked to go get a drink with my friend or you know have a day, and I hate when people say that but I would go to dinner with Harry or something because I needed a break whereas now I don't I actually don't go out like I enjoy being home my home is a total sanctuary so then it becomes this emotional armor mm-hmm. where you feel like it's us against the world and no one can hurt us because we have our posse we have so much fun at home I don't need a break from being at home I love being at home so that's that's your you know sort of nest and once you really feel that it's like your cocoon you don't want to do anything else
1: how do you teach your kids to be strong and grounded by modeling it
2: so I my kids have seen me flip my shit over anybody who with them, and I try to do it without cursing when I'm in front of them. But um, I constantly talk about standing up for what's right, um, standing up, you know, against a government that I feel is oppressive, standing up for women. And so I just think they see it. And I have like two super tough daughters that
0: no one's going to f- with. How do you? Well, that's good. I mean, that's amazing. And that, a son that who won't like they date don't... rape people. <laughs> How? Just because you seem like such a tough mom and like a mama bear that would go after anyone who did. And I and I am terrified of, and at the same time, I don't know, you shouldn't be terrified of it because it's an inevitable reality. I think it's a good thing for your kids to get bullied, actually. Do
2: you? Talk about that. So my middle daughter, um, my little daughter, she has like a couple little twins in her class. I'll mm. call them Selena and Barnes. Mm. And they make like comments or they freeze her out or whatever. And Harry, you you know, there's such a trend now of that quote unquote lawn mower parenting, which I've always called curling parenting. When's yes. Lawn where you clear parent- all the obstacles. It's where you clear the obstacles like curling and then everything is smooth for them. You know, don't know and so I we don't believe in that. We feel like, like you want to go through the weeds, paying to get your children into college, like varsity, so Operation probably, varsity blues, probably yeah. probably, yeah, yeah. It's like making everything smooth. Wh- Harry and I are like, this is great for her. Let her get used to this. Get let her get it. Do because it's real. This is childhood is like a dress rehearsal for the real problems of adulthood. We don't want to clear that path for her. She needs to have the tools to deal with it. So as much as I do do the mama bear, I don't go full tilt like. That kid, we hate her. I just say, listen, Ivy. I hate to break it to you, but for the rest of your life, whether it's middle school, high school, at some dumb mom dinner party, there's going to be someone that rubs you the wrong way, and you have to have the tools to deal with it. And if you just kill them with kindness and be polite, and then remove yourself, your side of the street is clean, and you don't let them into your inner circle. But you know, you you are your closest friends, and you. I I never have been a mom that says like you have to like everybody. It's like a big sunshiny world out there. I'm like, listen. You don't think there are people that I can't stand? Of course there are, but I don't tell them. You know, you just because that be gives polite. them ammunition. Any yeah. time
1: that you're not nice gives the other side ammunition. Exactly. To throw that back at you. If you're just kind and you're straightforward, you stand up for what you want. You don't. It's not like you're you're giving away or anything. That's right. You're not. You know, letting them walk all over you. But you, and then the removing thing, you're like, okay, great. I don't need to have a, a big screaming match about it. I just leave, and I just don't need to speak to you again. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So who? So have you
0: created now, after all of the original tribulations, a mom friend group that you love, or like? Who are your best friends? Are your best friends moms? My best best friends, friends like they're now all moms. They aren't. But
2: um, part of like the real loneliness that I had when I was a new mom is that all my friends were like bartenders at Boomba. right? Um, And I had no mom friends, so I felt this kind of panic of like trying to do that playground mom date thing but it felt so forced and um and proximity should breed some intimacy but the truth is even though I live uptown I do feel like I was always more of a downtown quote unquote person but I needed my parents because my mom really was like a second mother to my kids and um which I'm so lucky about but geographically I felt a little bit marooned with my the milieu I was knee deep in um and just different values and priorities and all that so little by little, my best friends became moms. Um, but a lot of them they you know, they'll have their oldest where my young at the age of my youngest. So the first few years were the hardest and now it's all shaken out. And yes, I have made some friends through school and I have a really intense sieve that I had to pour everybody through. Um, because again, you don't want to just hang out just to hang out. How did you and your hubby decide to have kids so young? I wish, by, I, had done it. I wish I had done it younger yeah. to be honest. Um, well we were young and he really wanted four and I really wanted two and we split the di- we wound up splitting the difference but um I don't know I had an ID for 11 years oh no, I was on the pill for 11 years now I just had my ID <laughs> taken out after 11 years. but so we had had I had a miscarriage Oh no, I had Sadie then a miscarriage and then Ivy and Fletch and he really wanted to go for the fourth. But I just always felt like when you're on birth control for so long, you don't, and you hear so much about infertility, you don't want to take for granted that you might have issues. And frankly, like I still hear all these girls who are newlyweds at 35 and they're like, we're just going to wait. We're going to take our time and enjoy married life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you, I'm sorry. This is like, I don't want to stress people out, but like people kind of take fertility for granted. It's not that easy, you know? So I, I was so worried about that. I was convinced I probably couldn't have kids because I was had so many. I had Depo-Provera, which was like a shot in your ass that makes you not get your period for a year. Like, I tried all these things when I was young, and I was like, I may have seriously wreaked some havoc in my ute. So we just, like, pulled the goalie pretty early.
1: Sorry, you—you in my youth. I know that was great. We're still stuck on that one. My Let me take that one. I'm going to take that one. Now
0: there's like dust bunnies. Take all in the way there, back to but, <laughs> um, That yeah, because I, I I only asked because I found myself in a very similar boat where like the best girlfriends I had from college, all of them are now getting married, and you know our oldest is five. We John and I are going to be celebrating our ninth anniversary this fall, and I just I feel like I. My my earliest years of pregnancy and, and new motherhood were very lonely as a result of that because it was just such a different paradigm than what my best... Like, like, like the women that I would have turned to for advice on anything else, literally absolutely you. clueless on this topic. And, and because, look, they're really... It's not, an, it's not an intelligence thing. They're really, really smart women. It's just messes with your brain in a way and you're and it also just readjusts all of your priorities in a way that you can never predict. And I always think it's kind of interesting how people uh, how people find whatever little community they're going to find to get them through it. And because you're right, your proximity should help or you know having chosen to raise your family in the same place should help you bond with someone and and I do look I really I love my kids to have playdates. I love meeting the moms of and the moms of my of my friends of my children's friends now we're down in Florida and um they're like some of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life.
1: Well, you and I we became friends through like I mean I guess we're kind of in the same business too though. So I wonder because we have I, a lot of touch points. Yeah, a lot of my a lot of my friends were friends before. And then I have a cup I have a couple of like really really good friends that I've met through, you know, Becoming, You know, we were parents and we sort of met each other at different things, but it was never one of these where it just felt forced. You know what I mean? It was just if, you know, somehow like somebody said something funny and then you ended up exchanging info and stuff like that. I think that as guarded as I have been from, you know, the experience I I said before, it made me very guarded. Now I'm in a place where I'm really open. And through that openness, you meet like minded people and you can kind of be you're like, all right, I see you. It's easier when
2: when the kids are older. It's even easier Mm because when they're little, like you're kind of in survival mode. And I just think once you're just like out to dinner as a family or out at theater or like using the city as kind of a third parent instead of being as, you know, homebody ish, um, you just meet more people like Mm -hmm. because you're and you're more chill Mm because they're 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 not going to like kill themselves with an electric socket.
1: (laughs) What does your husband do?
2: He's in quote-unquote tech. I don't fully get it. He's a company called Cargo that he started in 99, 20 years ago. And they do like mobile advertising and like software shit. I don't mm-hmm. fully get it oh that's interesting but he's geek chic and I like it because it was you know on our first date we met on a blind date and he was no. yeah and he was wearing like his Harvard ski team pants and he was a computer science major and I was like okay he's smart like I, I'm i down with this and so he, smart was the number one criteria no funny funny and actually funny and having just a generally good sense of humor appreciating my weird humor
0: well I feel like you're very funny and I wonder sometimes if two people can be funny in a relationship or if you're both just like waiting for the laugh
2: if it's um no I'm the <laughs> Funny, You're one. The funny no one. i'm kidding he he makes me laugh too but he's a
0: really good audience okay. <laughs> he gives he gives you he gives good applause exactly right. no, <laughs> but he feeds yes. me
2: he like feeds yeah. it we you kind of go banter. off each other have We, have banter. Banter. we have what was Woody your first banter. date
0: when what what was it oh
2: um we went to on grand street oh that french restaurant in soho i can't remember it's raoul's no not raoul's um I'm blanking. I don't know. I'm like losing my mind. 200. We landed from San Francisco last night. So I'm like a moron because oh it was my 17th anniversary this weekend. Aww, so we went to San Francisco for this um, creative growth benefit.
0: What do you think? I mean, it just, again, I'm just trying to like understand your brain process as you charted the, the this you know course that you've had. What do you feel like a motherhood expert now? Do you feel like, I feel like. You, I feel like you're, you know, you're in these mom conversations a lot as sometimes a voice of reason um, and as an expert. And do you feel like that? Is it I mean, is no. it weird to you? Is yes, because
2: like... I actually feel like if people were to see behind the scenes, they would say, oh, my God, that's so inappropriate. Like she lets her kids watch Deadpool or she has conversations about <laughs> jobs and like, you know, with my 16 year old, especially I keep talking to her parents friends I mean this is where I wouldn't I never would use the word expert I don't think there's such a thing until you're like on your deathbed and your kids all have Pulitzer Prizes or something but like my daughter and I tell each other everything everything and I'll, she'll ask me about like when I first gave a hand job or when I did this and we'll talk and most people would be horrified mm-hmm. but at the same time those people their kids are like jeweling and they don't know like they yeah. don't know what their kids are doing online they don't know what their kids are doing with their boyfriend like you know, and it's always the most helicopter moms who email me three times about that I'm having their kid over who's like, you know, giving a blow in <laughs> my other daughter's bed. You know, and I said, like, I don't want people boning here. I don't want any of that anymore because, you know, that did happen a little bit. But like, I don't feel appropriate. Like, I never serve alcohol. I never allow them to smoke. I never allow jeweling. Although when Sadie wanted to smoke a cigarette, I said, OK, go with my friend Richard. I've never had a cigarette. My mom smoked from age 10 to 32. She's French. And I broke all her cigarettes in half when I was a kid. And so it really upset me that Sadie wanted to try it, but I knew she was going to try it because she can. So my friend Richard chain smokes and he used to do way worse than that. So he, you know, this is, this is a good thing. So he took her outside and was like, okay, you, mom said you want to try a cigarette. Here. And he lights a cigarette. And he goes, get me, first get me a paper towel. So she got a paper towel and he exhaled into the paper towel. It was this like yellow brown spot. And he goes, I can't get a boy to kiss me because I smoke. And in the gay community, everyone's like health nuts. He's here. Here you go. Take a, take a drag. And he said he thought she was going to start coughing, but it was like Lana Turner. It was perfect. (laughs) And then she, she exhaled and she was like, nope, yep, that's gross. I'm never doing it again. So I tell everybody, they're like, you let your daughter try a cigarette at 12. I was like, yeah. And she's 16 and she hasn't had one since, you know? And she tells me when she sip vodka at a party and she didn't like it. And she told me, you know, but she tells me everything with her boyfriend. But like, I think you have to give to get and like to have that closeness and tell your problems and your own frustration about being a teenager like for me even though I'm older it's not a distant memory like I remember being 16 like it was yesterday and I remember all of those insecurities and it's not an easy time but if you say to kids it's not an easy time and I'm here for you and you can get in my bed and tell me all this crap like they feel a little safer I think.
1: I no I think it's a hundred percent and also that i remember um I've heard once or twice. I know you think you feel that way with this idea of like, oh, you feel like this now, but don't worry, it's like you're gonna you're gonna get it in the future. And it sounds like what you do for them is you allow them to be really present for the learning experience and then they figure it out and you're you're but you're with them with this sort of like awareness of where it will where it will go. You know, that hope of like my I hope my daughter doesn't doesn't like cigarettes. Or, um, you know, I, what about, what about technology? You know, that's one thing that I I worry about as the kids get older you know I'm how how do you monitor that do you monitor that do you think that just being open with your kids and th- them trusting you and saying okay I can go and I can talk to my mom about X, Y, and Z or do you like monitor their Instagram or Facebook or I don't know what kids are on yeah I
2: follow all their Instagrams all my kids have Instagram do they
1: have the fake Instagram they What's have a called? Finsta, finsta? Yeah. they have
2: a Finsta I follow those too we have a rule the second that they each got their phones at 12 or whatever my son got at 11 because he's at school in the village and I want to communicate Um, the rules we had like a whole sheet of rules like If you do not have location services on, phone goes bye-bye. If I find out you have a social media account that you didn't tell me about that I'm not following, your phone goes bye-bye. Like, we had rules. And so they get it. And there's no phones at the table, no phones. But I don't monitor what they're on. I mean... You don't,
1: like, read their private messages, stuff like that?
2: I don't. I read one of them when she showed it to me. All of her friends, because her friend... This was the one who had Selena and Barnes, like, being little cuss. But my son is the only one I'm concerned about. The girls, I feel like... Their school scared the shit out of them with this two-day seminar um, in middle school and high school. Most schools do this where they scare you about what can happen. And there's like that story about the horse man girl who showed her boobs. And then the guy, she dumped the guy and he disseminated her everywhere. And like my kids are would never do that. And in fact, they freak out when they have friends who send a topless selfie to a guy because they're like, what do I do? This is wrong. And I'm, I'm like, tell her, tell her she's a f***ing idiot and that this can go on. But the, that these girls don't have parents who are scared, doing scared straight, kind of. Um, whereas I'm really always telling them the shit that can go wrong.
0: Hmm. What was your, because you've, I mean, your kids are older than ours are now. And I feel like you've been through other challenges that we haven't faced. What, what's what been the most challenging Parenting
2: experience you've had. You know what? I'm going to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Having kids your age. I mean, when I had kids your age, people said to me, "Oh, little kids, little problems." Oh, Thank Just you wait. so much Just for saying that. Just wait when they're older. Thank you That's so much true. for saying that. It's not. It's bullshit. They're <laughs> losers. It, I don't
0: know what that, their problem is. Me it terrifies so me so much. I'm it's like, not like, true. You're saying it's going to be crazier no, no. than no, when they're not. literally at peril no. every minute I'm no. not with them. Like. They're not. It's not
2: true. That's something that moms say to condescend to younger. I don't know what the that is, but it's not true. <laughs>
1: that makes people cool. so, so much. You know what? I hated every step
2: of that. I hated it when they were crawling and I wanted him to walk and they're like, trust me, you don't want them to walk. You want them to crawl and I'm like, no, I want him to walk. I have fucking sciatica. But I, I hated every step of the way. People are like, oh, but trust me. It gets so much harder, you know. You don't know
1: where they are at night. I'm like, really, I know where my kids are every night. Like I. But I think that that really is the key. Just like be open with them and have them be open with you. If you can manage that, where it sounds like you don't really judge them too much.
2: I don't judge them at all. And whatever they're doing, it's 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 not not as bad as what my friends and I were doing.
1: (laughs) I mean, gonna... you have a very free childhood where you were yes. sort
2: of able to do whatever you felt like? You know what's so weird is I tell my parents now, like, you guys are on crack that you let me walk around at 8. I got on the subway at, like, 10, and I would take the bus at 8 to go to Tower Records on the west side, which wasn't, like, as nice as it is now. Um, and I had no cell phone. New York in the 70s was a shit hole. I mean, you guys were not alive, but it was, like danger. The whole subway was covered head to toe and graffiti. And now they glamorize it in coffee table books, but it was fucking scary. And I went all over by myself as a child and Eden Pats went down and things rained in a little bit, but like it was, New York was not safe. I mean, really. And my kids, I know exactly where they are. They have cell phones telling me where they are. You know, I, I feel like my parents let me do pretty much whatever I want. I had a curfew. My dad always said, like, be home by Saturday Night Live. And on <laughs> Saturdays, we all watched SNL as a family. I stayed up till one, but I was home. Um, and, you know, even later, I remember I lived at home after college because I couldn't afford my own place in New York. And they are like, Jill... You know, you've been out in college and you have your own life, but just come home when you need to come home. But nothing good happens after midnight. And I remember, like, I came home once at three and was like, that sucks. I feel like shit. And even if I was 20 or whatever, I just always came
0: home at midnight after that. (laughs) I feel like what I what I like about this conversation is I do think that we all the things that pose big dangers to ch- to kids down the line and to young adults people finding their way period are because we have made them taboo to talk about in the right. first place that's right and I'm I'm very much like you are with your older daughter with my mom like we there are no secrets like she was she was 22 and she had me I feel like I grew up with a friend more than mm. a mother I mean yeah. she was always very my mothering was 22 to me, but, and she had me also but like they're they're learning their way too and they're very they're not as I, I think also just by a feature of when they were raising us they're not as precious about knowing everything at that age they're kind of like I don't know let's try this like let's see if this but that's works, what you gives know. you
2: that safe place and totally. so when I got to college and people are like you're from New York City and you're, you're not bulimic and you're not a coke whore and you're you've never given head like they were so shocked and I said like it's because my parents are so close with me and you know I tell them everything I told them when I lost my virginity in 11th grade like but I hadn't given a blowy, and so I was that's what I was talking about my daughter is like it's a
0: no, it's now, it's right. now,
2: now a blow job is like third base whereas for us like boobs or d- hand jobs were third base and then sex and blow job was like later but now all these Upper East Side moms are getting that um, thing where you get raped by a lightsaber it like revirginizes you you're like a Thai teenager yeah. yeah
1: oh my gosh I didn't know that like people that. are gonna this go on I, sex I need,
2: tourism for you
1: I need more mom friends to learn about these things, you basically lie
2: there and they rape you the lightsaber and you apparently you orgasm <laughs> during not it.
1: Not what I'm and you busy. pee every time you
2: pee oh you come for like forty eight hours.
0: Uh, so to people to just sit with an, an bottle. Tonight no, it's
2: real. My friend, my friend did it and told me and the woman she was getting like turned on and the woman who was doing it was like it's okay go with it and she just did. And then you, pee. my friend John is a doctor in, um, in L.A., and he does it a lot. And he said, like, they the first day after... If We're not, getting a hand motion here, by the way. Oh, yeah. You doing, really watch I'm this a episode lightsaber on YouTube. Mom, Marcel Marceau raping you with a the lightsaber. <laughs> um, they actually, every time you pee, you, like, orgasm for the first, like, day. So we, I don't. So he called his friend and was like, hi, I'm just checking on you after the procedure. She's like, like life is she great. She goes, I'm sitting by the pool with a bottle of Evian.
0: She's <laughs> trying to pee as much as possible. Yeah. She's just like chugging it. Anyway,
1: what, and what does this do? Baby, it do theoretically
0: like tightens the muscles again. And like, and also very it much like it, with the light stem you do on your face, it stimulates collagen. Yeah, it, like, boosts It's three all times
2: the orgasm.
0: It, like, I think for me, it was like so hard to orgasm after
2: kids and all that stuff. And it like, Revs you up like everything's more sensitive. So I think your whole box is like a clip.
0: That would be oh, a wow.
2: Big problem.
1: Interesting. <laughs> what do you, oh, you? could you yoga too? The yoga works too, guys. By the way. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I'm too yeah. lazy. I like quick fixes. Too, like you can do, you're doing your your mula banda all the time.
0: Hmm. Is that like
1: where you That's like your, squeeze yeah. it? What
0: mm-hmm. What do, what do mm-hmm. you make of all the the youthifying re-virginizing, get, you know, get get your mom bad back in control situation going on. I now. mean,
2: I'm not against the lightsaber thing. I might do it. I might do it. I'm just like not in the mood at the moment. Um, <laughs> but actually, like, it, I think it's really weird because I used to be really judgy and now I'm not. Like, I, for example, so I had a double mastectomy last year. I had two lumps in my left boob. And while I was waiting for my second breast MRI, they said I could g- just get a lumpectomy. I got. I found out I had this breast cancer gene that like a lot of Jews have. So I did a double mastectomy. And now I have these, like I'm like Amanda Lepore implants. And it's weird because I used to see people with implants and I'd be like. Wait, can I see?
1: They look amazing. They're nice. Oh, they're nice ones.
2: I mean, they're put away right now. But um, <laughs> they, a lot of times I would see women with implants and be like, what a f***ing Barbie doll loser, like vain, you know, porn star person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm that person. So it's like I don't judge as much. Life has a funny you way know of doing it. Yeah. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, even with even with breastfeeding too. I mean, people always are accusing me of having fake boobs, and they're completely real right right now. But like <laughs> right now, but I mean, it, before I would judge too, and I'd be like, oh, why are these people? They do these things to yourself. But then once your like boobs are like down to your like waistband, you start to be like, hmm, I might be open to it. Yeah, I never had any judgment about boob jobs. I'm all in. I'm oh, all, I'm all
0: in. in. I'm all, all about in. it. I can't yeah, wait. I, I cannot wait. You, you're going to see me in my G-string bikini. You're not even going to leave. definitely
1: are going to be doing mom brain in bikinis. That is the season. <laughs> <get> <laughs> we're gonna get our boobs done. We're going to do it in bikinis. <laughs> um, We have to ask you uh, something about your favorite. So we ask people what their favorite things are. Sometimes it's your favorite like lipstick or your favorite fashion thing or Whatever, your favorite Whatever like, secret
0: thing you're telling your best friends about now that they need okay. to have.
1: Could be the lightsaber I... thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never done it, but I'm, I might be
2: a skeptic waiting to be converted. Um, My favorite things. Okay, well, I'm really into Orchard Street right now because my son is into this um, virtual reality place. Um, Something, Step Into the Light, it's called. And so, but I have my own routine. So we go to The Cast. It's my favorite store in New York for like, punk rock goth clothes across from I Need More which is my other one it's Jimmy from Trash and Vaudeville opened his own place and um, he's kind of a New York legend so I get all my leather jackets there and all my like just all my t-shirts and fishnets and everything jewelry and um, it's also across from The Great Frog so they're all on Orchard there it's the cast I Need More The Great Frog. Then there's Pizzeria Puglitana, where (laughs) they have this oven that's like 250 years old. Oh, Oh, they were on Billions a couple weeks ago. Oh, my favorite!
0: I love that. Yeah, and
2: then um, and then my son does his virtual reality thing. So we're big like lower east side people. I feel like it's my very my path not taken. And where can people find out more about you? And what are you working on next? Um, I guess Instagram is the one I use the most. It's just Jill Kargman, my name, and I'm working on two show, two TV shows right now. So one is a book adaptation, and one is kind of a sketch comedy show for IFC. And um, I'll like post updates on my Insta.
1: Very good. Excellent. This is a All right, guys. That was Jill Kargman. She made us laugh a lot. That was like my eyes were open. I had to be like, wait, what did you say a million times? She speaks with such speed. I think for different reasons, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast again (laughs) and again just to quite understand. I learned so much, you know, like slang. I learned Mm. so much slang in this one. It was kind of... Wild, um, but I love how honest and and open she is. I love how you know she talks about her little oasis of of her family and how she's raising her kids to be open. I'm definitely going to think about that as as I uh, as I get older. And it's probably fun for them to have like a super badass mom. I think so. And also uh, two things
0: I really appreciated. One was the idea that she and her daughter are so open with each other. That's part of the relationship that I have with my mom that I cherish so much. I feel no weirdness talking mm-hmm. with her about anything. I definitely don't feel like my mom's okay with everything or like condones everything I've ever done in my life, but she's, she doesn't judge me for it and she's not someone who's ever turned me away from having a conversation that I wanted to have, which I think is really important and definitely something I want to model with my kids. I also... So appreciated her saying that this crap about, you know, bigger kids, bigger problems, not that it not to invalidate that there will always be things that stress you out about your children. And yes, when they're out of your house and out of your sight. I know from my mother's experience, again, that like she would not sleep until we were home in our bed. She would always be worried about us. And you will always you have a little piece of your bo- your heart walking around outside of you will always worry. But in terms of like full on nonstop parenting duties, it was nice to hear someone say, it's, it's kind of rough before the age of five. You've, you've got your work cut out for you.
1: All right, guys. Now it's time for our favorite things. Hey, hey. Now it's time for our favorite things. this week is this little container. So if you have um, small kids um, and then you have even smaller children, you know that there is that, that place of people are are giving you toys or you're buying toys that have very small parts um, and as we know, I'm terrified of choking. I feel like a lot of people are terrified of choking. No, those no, are I'm, just scary. It just, little, it tiny it's just pieces scary. Those tiny pieces are scary. So then you get to a point where like, I originally was like, okay, no small pieces in the house. I even had, I went to a birthday party one time and the people were like, if you bring a toy please nothing that the younger child could um, not choke on and it really started making me think about it. So I have this really great container um, because I I, Carmen would get so upset with me that I would um, be throwing away all of their tiny, like, Barbie <laughs> shoes. All of a sudden, Barbie... Also, those LOL never... dolls and everything. Everything yes. they come with are these tiny They're called LOL dolls, my friend. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> they're LOL... I think they're called LOL they're dolls. They definitely are called okay. LOL dolls. Okay, oh my God. Now I'm going to question myself. Um, but, but so I ha- I get these, like, little uh, you, um, cases. These they're, They are plastic cases. Um, I get them online on Amazon. And they have... They are closed with these little hooks, this one's called Penguin Supply Case Um, and it's a case for toys and craft storage organizer and it's really great so like we go through her toys, she and her toy bins regularly and every single Barbie shoe, every single shopkin every single you know little fake ring or all these different things goes in this case Um, and and it makes her really aware of it so then when she wants to go out and play with something she takes it out, she can play with the pieces and then the pieces have to get returned to it. And it's actually made my house much, much, much safer. I like that a lot. We do that um, just for the
0: for the LOL dolls and things of that nature. We do. We have Philo have her own little special box and she plays with them in her room um, or on the kitchen table so that they're not falling in anywhere near Nika. Um I thought that I would talk about two of my favorite um, kids clothing shops that I have come across on Instagram Instagram knows me they know what I like and I like to shop for children's clothing which is ridiculous so anyway this this site was populated to me and I found so many cute things on it it's called elsewhere underscore shop and it's affordable and trendy clothes for babies and toddlers according to their tagline Um, but let me just tell you so we're having another baby girl uh, and I I obviously have. I mean, Nika's 16 months now, so I have a lot of her clothes still that I'm excited. But you know, you always want to buy some new things for the baby, too. I always too. wonder.
1: I wonder how that is. Like I've saved. So Carmen I've has like ha- Carmen much. has 12 boxes oh, of baby gosh, clothes. Yes. The boys each have like one because <laughs> I've had so many boys that I keep on using it. Yeah, you know what I mean. My and Carmen, I was like, I will use it again. But I think at this point, if I have another girl, you bet you, I'm going shopping. Oh, you're going shopping we're going shopping right now I know I no
0: seriously and especially because little girl clothes are just so, so cute, cute. Um, but anyway this shop has all like I'm sorry they have this ridiculous little Aww.
1: leopard jumpsuit that I thought was so cute do you think they, leopard's still gonna be in fashion when she's born leopard's though leopard's always in fashion you leopard so? hello do you because know me because don't wanna have a brand this? new baby and she's not wearing fashionable clothes <laughs> kidding, kidding kidding
0: I mean I'm not gonna put leopard on the brand new baby but <laughs> but I might put this little white crochet That's number really on her really cute
1: for her like little um, newborn photos so
0: cute and like very comfortable and cotton based and just like so many different things if you just like to have ideas sent to you about you know what things you could be dressing your kids in like that's true, really And I also, cute. I'm such a sucker for like old fashioned, really cute looks. And then for all the kids, um, there's a site called Collective Child that I'm really into that. Um, and what I love about what they do is they, uh, A, will oftentimes be able to coordinate the looks for all the kids. And they don't have to be perfectly matching. If you don't, if you're not like an Easter egg kind of dresser for your children, you want them to be, they look, to look good together, but not necessarily have to match entirely. They have all different kinds of selection. They'll put outfits together for you really cute little brands Um, and again it's one of those subscription type of things where you can get a box sent to you and you only pay for what you want to keep kind of thing Um, and not that I need to make it any easier for me to shop for clothing for my children <laughs> but I just I don't know they're just it it's always something fun for me to be scrolling through when I'm traveling or you know late at night when I'm trying to fall asleep and
1: and take advantage when they're they are our little dolls yeah and we get and to decide yeah already again Rafa by three is wearing pajamas every day um alright guys well thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe rate review share spread the word that's the that's the biggest thing that we can that we can we can ask you to do because we're just having so much fun talking with so many of you. Please email us mombrainpod at gmail.com follow us on Instagram watch us on YouTube. You can see how the magic here happens in our room. This episode might be an episode to watch online. There was okay. a lot of like, body There's motion. one is definitely one to There's watch online. There's a lot online. of animation. Yes. No she's she really is like you know and, and Daphne and I are like looking at like tell us more. We're dumbstruck. We're like tell oh, us more. Tell us everything. Alright guys until next time. Ciao ciao. Bye. Bye guys.
0: This is Mombrain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mombrain is a Gallery Media Group original production.